A longtime transportation leader pleads guilty to a crime. The Cleveland mayor is back with his much-despised dirt bike track idea. And a federal judge in Cleveland continues conducting the public's business in secret. This is The Wake Up from Cleveland.com for Wednesday, December 4th. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. The former board president of the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority, George Dixon III, pleaded guilty on Tuesday to felony theft in office for failing to pay health insurance premiums. Dixon could face up to three years in prison, but prosecutors say they will not seek to put him behind bars. Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Judge Shirley Strickland-Saffold set his sentencing for January 8th. Dixon agreed to repay $132,000 to RTA and cooperate with investigations involving the agency. Dixon resigned at the board's request in March 2018 after 26 years as a trustee and 24 of them as president. An internal investigation completed in May found that Dixon accessed RTA health insurance for years without paying any money for them. The RTA board sent the results of its investigation to the county prosecutor, the Ohio Auditor, and the Ohio Ethics Commission. The county prosecutor brought the charges. The hope of building a Cleveland dirt bike track is back. City Council on Monday agreed to let Mayor Frank Jackson hire a consultant to see if building a dirt bike complex is feasible. City Council agreed to spend nearly $156,000 to hire an expert to survey for possible sites. The consultant would also analyze whether the city can find a vendor to run the operation. Jackson's biggest challenge in this thing is finding a city council person willing to accept the track in his or her ward. The idea of the track which Jackson hoped would build a stronger relationship between City Hall and people in some neighborhoods, was quite controversial when the mayor proposed it in 2017. Jackson ultimately gave up on building it at his favored site on the east side, and nothing much had been heard of the idea until this week. In the latest proposal, the mayor's staff did not use the words dirt bike track, even though that is exactly what is envisioned here. Jackson has two years left in his fourth term as mayor, so if he wants to get this thing done, he's going to have to move quickly. Ohio hunters reported killing 15,501 deer on Monday, the opening day of deer gun season in the state. That's up from 13,651 on the season's opening day in 2018. State officials didn't immediately provide an explanation for why they thought the deer numbers are up this year. Despite all of the deer you see as you drive around Cleveland, Cuyahoga County was dead last for the number of kills, with just 10. Lorain County had 123. The top three counties in the state were Coshocton with 663, Ashtabula with 601, and Tuscarawas with 557. Deer gun season runs through Sunday, December 8th, as well as December 21st and 22nd. Deer muzzleloader season is January 4th through 7th, while archery season began September 28th and runs through February 2nd. A federal judge in Cleveland, presiding over thousands of opioid lawsuits, will hold another closed-door meeting with lawyers Wednesday, one of many he has held out of public view since taking over the litigation two years ago. U.S. District Judge Dan Polster will hold a case management conference at 2.30 in the downtown federal courthouse. 
The plan is to discuss planning, discovery, and other issues for the next trial over which he is set to preside, which involves pharmacy chains that filled opioid prescriptions as more and more people died of overdose deaths. The trial is set for October of 2020. The conference, which will include lawyers for Cuyahoga and Summit Counties and for companies such as CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, will not be open to the public. Such meetings are generally held in pollsters' chambers, though too many lawyers will be in attendance to accommodate everybody there. So what you have here is a federal judge, whose salary you pay, meeting in a courtroom in the federal courthouse, for which you paid, conducting the public's business, but you can't attend. Cleveland.com's Mark Bona tells of a quiet moment in baseball history that is being remembered in a statue honoring an Ohio native. George Shuba, who was born and raised in Youngstown, stood on deck for the Montreal Royals in 1946 with Jackie Robinson at the plate. Robinson, playing in his International League debut, broke the color barrier in professional minor league baseball that day. The shunning, harassment, and intolerance of Robson by fans, players, some teammates, and managers is well documented. But that very first day, in Jersey City, New Jersey, he was welcomed by one man. After Robinson hit a 340-foot home run, Shuba did what you do on deck. You congratulate your teammate. You shake his hand or, these days, pound forearms or high-five. The photograph of that simple baseball tradition is known as a handshake for the century. It is believed to be the first handshake of black and white players on a modern professional baseball diamond. Now, a group is raising $400,000 for a seven-foot bronze statue illustrating that handshake between Shuba and Robinson. It will be in a park close to the Mahoning River in Youngstown. Dedication is slated for April 18th, 2021, the handshake's 75th anniversary. That's the kind of tribute we could use more of in this state, and a good news story to cap off some not-so-good news stories in this edition of The Wake Up. We'll be back with even more tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com. 